The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Wednesdays here. We are halfway through a week zero game week. And it's Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through this Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. As always, Schmitty is on his way to Dublin. He is wheels up from Omaha, last I checked, and uh, is somewhere Somewhere in the air over Atlanta will be landing there shortly. And then shortly following that, he will be on his way to Dublin. Uh, we will be hearing from Schmitty again on Friday, but he's also been gracious enough to leave us uh, a little bit of content for the show today. We'll take you through that here in just a second. But again, it's Elijah Herbal joined in studio by Connor Clark, who is running the boards today. And Connor, I just, you know what? There's excitement. And I can't tell if this week is going fast or if this week is going slow. How are you feeling? I think it's going really, really slow. That's just my two cents on it. It kind of hit me today while I was at class. I was like, oh, wow, we play football this weekend. But like, it also feels like an eternity away still. But now that you see it on social media, Nebraska's there, Northwestern is there. Everybody's there. It's just we're kind of waiting for this to happen. But it's turning into a reality day by day. And uh, it's very exciting, and I am also, to be honest, extremely nervous. Well, you also have a unique perspective here because not only is this game week for you, this is also syllabus week after a yes. a long summer of you working a lot of, of baseball. So I'm sure it's hard to get back into that into that groove of syllabus week, especially whenever you're waking up every single morning with a nasty hangover. Like that's got to make the week go slow. <laughs> I <laughs> maybe maybe say your that, syllabus week was different than my syllabus week. <laughs> I won't. I won't say that, but yes, it is certainly different than than the baseball every single day, but. Uh, you know, it's it's fall, it's football time. There's a buzz around campus, I will say that. Everybody, fingers crossed that, you know, we're undefeated, as we're in Nebraska, uh, undefeated going into the Oklahoma game because big new kickoff, that's a big, obviously, as you would know, student thing. So that's there, there's a big buzz around campus for this, and hopefully the season gets off to a good start. Well, we'll get this Nebraska during my time in college. I'm, I'm hoping it, it changes here for you during my time in college, one a grand total of carry the one um, 18 games well 18 so far games. i'm at six so i hope you feel good about that <laughs> your covid year did throw everything <laughs> off you're at six but hopefully your fortunes were changed mine did not i, I tried to take that that you know four and a half year get that extra semester right. and like maybe this one's going to be different maybe we can actually have like a fun football season around campus nope so uh, now that the curse has been lifted, Elijah has graduated from UNL. Maybe that you're going to be doing a little you're bit better problem. this season. We're going to see, uh, but uh, we're only three days away from kickoff. So 
Uh, very exciting stuff here. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we have a fun one planned for you today. It's coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, Husker historian, author, Hale Varsity Magazine, Mike Babcock, going to be joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. As uh, I want to get Babber's take on, you know, the, the preseason intrigue around this season and, and, the, and the intrigue around this first game here, where it ranks in his memory uh, among uh, previous Husker seasons. I mean, he's been covering the Huskers since the 70s, uh, so he's uh, obviously a unique voice uh, around Husker football. So excited to chat with him. Mike Schuhart's going to be joining us from the golf course. Uh, Shuey's going to be joining us around 440. Is dedicated Husker fan Mike will be, uh, I'm sure, giving us his preseason preview. Even if he doesn't want to, I'm going to make sure that he does. Uh, so uh, we're going to get that from Mike around 440. And then at 505, Schmitty, kind enough to leave us uh, his sit-down from this morning with George Darlington. George is actually here in studio. If you don't know about George, uh, for maybe our younger listeners, people like me, I know who he is, but I know not everyone does. Former defensive back coach for the University of Nebraska uh, through the 90s. And George, not only a great coach, but a great man as well. And he's got some football camps and uh, football learning experiences coming your way uh, for our Omaha listeners here this fall. So uh, George is going to tell us about those and get his take on Nebraska Northwestern as well. That's coming up at 5.05. So we do have a fun show planned for you. Uh, We'll have the live video available for you after the show as well. As I just remembered, I need to send Mike the link to that. So I've got that sent off to Mike as uh, he's going to be joining us here next segment. But not only is this a game week Wednesday, Connor, this is a black shirt Wednesday. We're used to black shirt Mondays with the coach Charlie McBride. Used to those. This is a little bit different. A black shirt Wednesday as uh, nine Huskers got their black shirts in Dublin today. According to Coach Janander, they were hanging in the locker before practice. A bit of a surprise for those guys. Not really after what happened this weekend, but uh, I'm sure it's still one of those uh, weights off your chest whenever you've been working so hard for it. They found the, uh, the black shirts in their lockers this morning. Those nine Huskers. Uh, let's start off with the obvious ones. Garrett Nelson, as well as Caleb Tanner, your two captains, both getting the black shirts as expected. Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, Marquise Buford, Quentin Newsom, and Ty Robinson uh, are six more. And then the final two, maybe two that are a bit of a surprise, are uh, Miles Farmer and Colton Feast. So those are your nine Huskers receiving black shirts. Uh, we had Coach Schnander meet with the media this morning uh, talking about awarding those black shirts. We'll get to those in just a second. But, Connor, I'll give my take here in a second. I want to get your take first, though, on these nine names. Uh, not m- many of them unexpected uh, but the name that really jumps off to me is, is Colton Feast. It's a guy we've been hearing great things about through fall camp, the work he's been putting in, even the work he put in last uh, fall camp uh, before uh, I believe an injury derailed his season just a little bit. He came back out this fall, and uh, the coaches, by all accounts, have been very impressed with the work he's been putting in, and now it sounds like he's a guy that could be working with the ones on Saturday. Yeah, I think his story is really, really cool, and we'll hear it from Chins here in just a second, but he talked about how Feast did it quote-unquote, the hard way. And you mentioned the injury. He was a walk-on. He's from Nebraska. So he knows what this is about. He knows what the program is about. And to see him battle back from those setbacks and you know not maybe getting the easiest path to where he is today, to see him get a black shirt is really, really cool, along with the other names obviously listed here. Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, Miles Farmer, Luke Reimer. You have a couple of captains in there. Ty Robinson. I mean, none of these are huge surprises other than Colton Feast, if you want to call that a surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think his story is really, really cool. Um, Garrett Nelson, obviously, has been a name that's been thrown around all offseason. I think Husker Nation's expecting him to have a really big year, almost kind of replace the role that JoJo Doman took a season ago. I expect that as well, so I'm glad to see him on that list. 
And uh, it's exciting times because, you know, those guys are really honored to get those black shirts. And I think it just creates more excitement and more of a buzz, especially within that defensive room as we get closer and closer to the season. Hey, I got a black shirt. Let's go unleash this in between the lines now on Saturday. See, I go back to when uh, Bustin' with the boys, Will Compton, Taylor Lewan, they were in Lincoln. They, they sat mm-hmm. down with Garrett Nelson and talked about uh, that black shirt mentality, what it means to be a black shirt. And we as Husker fans have obviously heard all about the black shirt mentality over the years, but it was interesting to hear it from a guy who really wears that with pride, a Nebraska kid, uh, a fan favorite, what it means to him to be a black shirt and that this isn't something that's a, a, a year-long award. Uh, to get your black shirt. You, you get it, but you have to earn it every single day again in practice. And uh, let's get into our thoughts from Coach Fernandez. He did get into a little bit what those guys look like at practice today, but let's start it off uh, with Coach Fernandez talking about his criteria for the black shirts. There's a couple notable names that don't have black shirts. Not entirely unexpected, as they said this weekend. It's going to be guys that have uh, played for Nebraska and, and been there and done that, know what it means to be a black shirt. Uh, so guys that didn't receive are guys like O'Shawn Mathis, Tommy Hill and in the back end I think of Deshaun Singleton a guy who who could be in line to get a black shirt at some point this season if he puts in the work but coach Schneider talked about the criteria for for being a black shirt and why these nine guys were the nine guys that were awarded yeah just because you're a starter doesn't mean you get one um you know and some of those guys um you know I've probably earned the right to be out there first in the starting lineup or in a package right now um, we just thought that, you know, a guy that's been here for a year or two and this is his first start, it's a little different than someone that just transferred in. You know, and we want to see him react in situations. We've seen most of those other guys in a game, whether they're the starter or not. We want to see how these guys react in the game. We want to see how they, you know, play with their teammates, how they operate with the coaches. We just want to see them one more time live before we make that final decision. And some of those guys I'm thinking – uh, could be in line to re- receiving their black shirt next week, assuming uh, that this defense and those guys have a, have a positive performance on Saturday. Uh, obviously, O'Shawn Mathis probably at the top of that list. Uh, I also think Tommy Hill, those are the two names I already laid out. Um, but Stephon Wynn, uh, the transfer in from Alabama, he was the name that you, you look at on that defensive line and uh, expected to receive a, a significant amount of playing time this season based on the position he's in. And I think that only... Uh, increases for me based on the fact that Nash Hutmacher was not a guy who received a black shirt. And Nash was a guy that came in at the end of last season, played some snaps. He would have fallen under that criteria of, of being a guy who could receive a black shirt if he was playing with the starting unit. And considering that he didn't get a, a black shirt today, it makes me think that Stefan Wynn is going to be your guy who's the starter at nose guard against Northwestern. That's still a position that's a little bit up in the air, but uh, I think it's almost... Uh, what's the psychological term whenever, uh, con- not confirmation bias, it doesn't matter. I'm going to just let that one aside. You're out of college. It's yeah, fine. let's let's ignore my <laughs> my 74 on the, uh, the IQ test here for a second and just throw that one to the side. <laughs> anyway, based on the fact that those guys are not guys receiving black shirts, I think Wynn's also going to be a guy who's uh, possibly in line. And, and I mentioned Deshaun Singleton a little bit earlier as being a guy, and that's more as a rotational piece because Miles Farmer and Marquise Buford are two names you've been hearing a lot about through fall camp, uh, especially Marquise Buford. They're saying, yeah, he could have been a guy who, who got some playing time early uh, or not early uh, in rotational roles last season. And uh, in terms of his Husker career as a whole playing early and, uh, didn't get as much playing time last season as I'm sure he would have hoped for, but now in line to be a starter and receiving the black shirt confirms that to me, along with Miles Farmer next to him, who's uh, been a guy who's flashed in limited ex- uh, 
playing time for Nebraska, limited experience. Those guys now expected to be the two starting safeties based on the awarding of black shirts. We had uh, Coach Janander talk about Marquise Buford uh, and, and say a little bit about that's a guy who, who probably deserved to see some more playing time last season than he did. But he also hit on Colton Feast, one of the guys who uh, was a bit of a surprise day to receive his black shirt. So uh, here's Coach Janander talking about those two guys. I mean, I thought Marquise could have played last year. Um, not that he was ready to start or better than one of those guys, but I would have felt comfortable putting him in a game. Um, this year, he's done everything he's supposed to do. He's played some uh, corner for us. He's played some safety for us. Uh, he's he's done everything right, and he's he's really deserved one. Colton Feast has done it the hard way. Um, probably the you know one of the the most favorite ones for me to give. You know, he, he's. He came here. He's a, he's a walk-on from Utah, Nebraska. Uh, he's had to work hard at it. He's done it the hard way, and he's kept fighting. He kept getting better. He's kept grinding, and he's really proved that he belongs. And he's proved that he's uh, he should be out there with the with the ones right now. And Colton Feast, uh, and along with Luke Reimer, those are your two guys, former walk-ons, uh, who earned their black shirts today. Those are guys that know what it means, but. Uh, with a lot of these other guys that haven't gotten significant playing time for Nebraska, they've been on the field but haven't necessarily been starters. Uh, you wonder, you know, what it means to them to be black shirts and what it means to them to, to see that hanging in their locker before practice today. And uh, Coach Stander also got into to the different demeanor that he saw from those guys at practice today, bringing a little bit of a, a different energy, just looking a little bit different in practice than they had in, in weeks prior. You know, you see, I don't know, bouncing the step, but you see a little different demeanor about him. You know, you see a little bit more dialed in, a little bit more, um, this is this is real, this is happening. Um, but I, I think you definitely see a difference in their demeanor. So uh, the black shirts awarded today. And Connor, just off the top of your head, does this defense strike you as a defense uh, that is going to live up to that black shirt moniker? Because... There's been uh, defenses in years past, I think of the Riley years for sure, uh, and even some of the early years under Frost where you watched the defense and it didn't necessarily strike you as a group of black shirts. But I think, at least to me this season, this group, this nine guys that they have listed right now have all struck me, and whether it's been a lot of playing time we've seen from them or just a little, as guys that, that do embody that, that black shirt mantra, that, that black shirt mentality. Yeah, I think this is a defense that can probably win a couple of ball games for you if you really need them to. It's obviously not going to be the same as last year. Last year's defense is a little bit better, and I think it that will show as the season goes on. But this is definitely a defense that you can feel confident about going into this season. I think I feel more confident about the defense rather than the offense. And not saying that the offense is a big worrying point, but the defense is strong. Obviously, we saw what Eric Shenander could do with his defense a season ago. The returning pieces and the new pieces, those two combined, I think could create a really good defensive product for this team. So, yes, I do think that they will live up to that black shirt mentality and that black shirt character. And as you mentioned, I think we will see a couple of guys down the road get added to that list of black shirts throughout the season. You mentioned Stephon Wynn. I think that he will be a part of those names going forward in the next you know, four or five weeks or so. And, uh, I mean, obviously with the limited playing time, which I've hit on here, and the fact that, that it's just fall camp. That, that's what the, the coaching staff knows about this defense is what they've seen through fall camp. You don't know what it's going to look like on the field. Coach Janander hit on what he's going to be watching for on Saturday from this black shirt group to, to kind of see, like, do these guys deserve the, the black shirts that we gave them? What, what, what is he going to be watching for? I want to see uh, if these guys are who they think, who I think they are. You know, and, and by that, I mean, will they play as hard as they have? Can they step it up a little bit? You know, I want to see big time effort. I want to obviously, you know, we've had 
as much live tackling as you get anymore in fall camp, but we got to see if we can tackle. We got to see if we can communicate and make our checks when the stadium's full. We're in a new environment. Uh, it should be a great atmosphere. And, you know, like I said, the, the bright lights are on them. So some of these guys are starting their first game. We'll see if they can operate. And last thought here from Coach Janander saying that he, as well as the defense, at least he feels, are ready for whatever Northwestern brings because there, there's question marks with this Northwestern offense. Who's going to be at quarterback is a big one. And, you know, that, that run-pass split, what is that going to look like? There are question marks, not as many as Illinois last season, but he says he thinks the defense is ready for whatever Northwestern throws at them. You know, it's, it's anybody could be up. Um, shoot, right now, I mean, Northwestern always does a great job formationally, do a great job with different wrinkles. You know, we've, we've worked very hard on, on a lot of the unbalanced stuff from the last couple of years from those guys, a lot of the quarterback runs. You know, we'll see, are they going to put someone else in for the quarterback runs? Are they going to do it with Wildcat? We've worked very hard on both, um, but we know that they're going to have some, some surprises for us, some different personnel groupings. Might be two quarterbacks playing, might be a surprise starter. We don't know, but we're, we're ready for all of them. So that's Coach Shander's thoughts from earlier this morning on the field at Aviva Stadium. We'll get thoughts on the offensive side of the ball from Mark Whipple coming up next hour. But coming up after the break, we have Husker historian, author for Hale Varsity Magazine, Mike Babcock, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back in here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery today. It's the young gun sitting in for Chris Schmidt, who is on his way to Dublin. Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through this show today. You can find us and follow us on Twitter at C underscore Clark 27 for Connor. And uh, wait, I messed it up. At you C underscore, underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor. <laughs> and then at Herbal Essences for me. You can also find and follow Hail Varsity Radio on Twitter at H Varsity Radio. I will get you some segments from the show post up every single day. Your daily show lineup is a great place to find and uh, follow along with us as uh, we are only three days away here from Dublin. We're excited uh, to get Chris uh, checked in from Dublin. He'll be joining us on Friday. Until then, uh, it is the Young Guns Show, uh, which is funny to say now because we welcome in Husker historian in long time, uh, journalist covering the Huskers, Mike Babcock, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mike, how, how do you feel to be joining the Young Guns today? Well, if you add your ages together, you probably wouldn't reach mine. So that's the, that's how I feel. Well, how many years did you magnifies sp- my age? How many years did you spend covering the Huskers? Um, I have covered the Hus- – this will be my 44th season. 44th, so 23 for me. wouldn't get there. 20, 20 for you. Yeah, you have covered the Huskers for longer than our combined ages, Mike. Not to feel you, make you feel old today or anything, but I never thought of that one before. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. 
So that's why he is the authority yeah. on Husker football, Mike Babcock. And Mike, let, let's start off with the news of the day today. Black shirts being awarded. Maybe a couple surprising names in there. I think of Colton Feast mainly being the one where it uh, wasn't necessarily uh, the top of mind for me to receive a black shirt this week. But uh, excited for what Colton's going to bring to the field on Saturday. What, what is your reaction to the nine names that we heard today as being the guys who received their black shirts? Well, you know, I like I like the fact that only nine were given out at mm-hmm. this point and, and the explanation as to why that was the case. Um, I was a little surprised that Colton got one, but going to the post-practice availability uh, sessions this, this fall, uh, during fall camp, um, a lot of good things were said about Colton. So from that standpoint, it wasn't a surprise of what he had done. And, uh, you know, I really think that... Uh, Shenander has the right attitude about black shirts. You have to earn the black shirt. There are standards, there are requirements. It's very particular, the guys that get them and the reasons that they get them. And uh, I I was just, I thought his comments were, you know, spot on from what I understand uh, looking at over those uh, 44 seasons of what the black shirts mean. And really going back to the the beginning in in uh, 64 65 right in that time frame when when the uh, tradition began um because at that point my uncle was the equipment manager at the university for for football so i you know i had a little bit of connection there and uh you know i think initially the interesting thing to me was initially the black shirts were given out each day and picked up after practice each day and given out the next day. So you might have one one day and not the next um, because of the demands on you and how you performed in practice. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I'm not saying you should do it that way now, but I really believe that you need to have some kind of, of standard. And, uh, you know, I think it's good. You know, we will give out a couple more probably after the first game, after we see some guys that we haven't, that haven't been on the field for Nebraska to this point um, coming in, we'll see how they respond. Um, yeah, those were, I, I, I really thought that was a, a special comments that he had. Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mike, you mentioned that we could see a couple more get handed out after week zero, actually. And so what are some names that come to mind to you that you expect to get a black shirt? Maybe not after the first game, but at some point during the season. Well, I think you guys got it. I think, I think Win probably is a, somebody that's going to end up with a black shirt, if not immediately, it, certainly at, at some point in the not too distant future. But I would guess probably next week that's going to happen. Um, the other corner, um, Tommy Hill. We got one cornerback, so it's probably Singleton. Is that Tommy Hill? See, Tommy Hill is the likely guy. Tommy Hill. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tommy Hill. That's the guy. Definitely Tommy Hill. A lot of good things said about him during fall camp as well. Um, his name kept coming up, and uh, um, he really has a good attitude. I remember asking him after he got done with his post-practice uh, session with reporters, you know, what um, he wears number zero, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, I asked him if he asked for that number, and he said, yeah. And I said, why do you want number zero? And he said, because that, that stands for greatness, obviously, when people see that. And, he, and then he laughed. But I think he has the right attitude. Um, and yeah, you're you're right. I don't know why I said Singleton. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. I think Hill and Win would be the two people that I expect to to have them next week. Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot here for just a second. 
If you were assigning homework to these black shirts and you were telling them, you know, when at night when you get back to the hotel before we play Northwestern here, assuming you're all ready to go for the game, what defense from Husker history would you make these guys sit down and watch to understand what it means to embody a black shirt? There's some good ones in my lifetime. Uh, I particularly think of that 09 one, but I, I want to draw on your 44 years of experience here. Looking back, which defense do you think most embodied that, that black shirt way? Um, I, I'm going to, I'm not, this doesn't answer your question exactly, but I, I think it's interesting so the 67 defense led the nation in total defense. The team was six and four. The offense wasn't very good. But if, if you look at a black shirt defense and say, well, that defense got the job done, even though the team didn't have, you know, there were a lot of interceptions. That was problem with the offense. They threw the ball maybe a little bit more than they should have. And the, the turnovers were a big problem. But the defense stepped up. And Nebraska led the nation in total defense. I mean, that's to me, that's a black shirt kind of a performance. Now you had, you know, you have had uh, great black shirt defenses, and I think that you know the ones that Grant Wistrom w- was on were pretty impressive because you had Wistrom and you had Jason Peter there. Um, you had a, you had a really solid defensive play, and it was clear cut black shirts um, for guys like that. But uh, it's just the tradition. And again, I'm not answering you. I'm kind of evading your question a little bit. But that 67 defense, you know, it, it's remarkable to me that you could have a six and four season and people could be getting to the point where they were petitioning Devaney to be re- replaced back to back six and four seasons in 67, 68. But the 67 defense stepped up and led the country in. in total defense, and had a had a middle guard, Wayne Malin, who finished ninth in voting for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's a black shirt defense, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think that, again, the standard, you have to have some kind of a standard before you hand those things out. And I think Chenander has that standard, and I think we're seeing it right now. Yeah, it's all about coming out and delivering on the field on Saturday, and that's what we're all so intrigued by. And, Mike, Mike, to shift gears here just a little bit, I'm again going to draw on your, your 44 years of experience and ask you about this season as a whole and maybe even uh, what Nebraska starts the season off with. It's not the same kind of intrigue that there was surrounding the team back in the 90s when, you, when you're preseason number one and, and national championship uh, is the expectation among Husker Nation. It's a completely different kind of intrigue, but the intrigue still remains this season with how long Nebraska has been wandering in the wilderness, if you will, uh, but without a sense of direction. And now it's do or die time for Scott Frost, where you're trying to figure out, is Scott Frost the, the guy moving forward, or are we going to have to rip up all the carpet after the season and lay down a new flooring? Uh, there's still a lot of intrigue surrounding the, this season, and I think the fact that, that week one or, or week zero is against a, a conference foe that, that tends to play tight only adds to the intrigue. So what does this season and the intrigue surrounding it look like to you when compared to, to seasons past? Um, you know, it's uh, because of my time of what I've done, it's pretty difficult to find something similar mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Tom Osborne's teams always won at least nine games and played in bowl games. And if you look at the 25 seasons that Tom was coached, just about every season that he was coached, at some point in that season, 
you could have looked at Nebraska and said, this could be a national championship contender because Nebraska was in it. Now, maybe early in the season and things kind of fell apart. Um, if falling apart is winning nine games and still getting to a bowl game. Um, but there was never that situation during Tom's time. Um, Frank Solich, you know, didn't really have a lot of uh, time to prove things. Um, he has a seven and seven season. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, we're looking at, hey, you know, maybe he needs to be replaced or whatever. But he always made it to a bowl game. Uh, they, responded, they responded from that season. Um, so you didn't see it during Frank. Um, probably the closest thing that I see in this situation now, um, during Tom's time, you know, there was the attitude that, first of all, hey, can't beat Oklahoma. You know, you better beat Oklahoma. If you don't get that done, uh, things are going to change. Uh, it wasn't a smooth thing uh, until he finally beat Oklahoma in 78, and then they had a, kind of a down downside against Oklahoma again. So there was that. There was a stretch where as successful as Nebraska was, Nebraska lost seven consecutive bowl games before the national championship run. So there are people looking at, well, they get there, but they can't, you know, they can't uh, finish the deal or whatever. There were th those kinds of things. And there was pressure. There was no question there was pressure. I mean, Tom considered going to Colorado in 1978 um, because there was so much pressure to beat Oklahoma. Um, the expectations were different, but the pressure was the same kind of pressure, I think, that Scott Frost faced right now. You know, I hope they get the job done to the extent that we're not looking at what you said, recarpeting and, you know, starting over, uh, remiling, because I just don't think that a program is going to be successful. If you've got to continually keep starting over, um, you just get into a morass that, uh, that it's, it's almost impossible to get out of. Mike, last thought here, about 15 seconds. A, a wise man said a, a good journalist shouldn't try to do preseason predictions because you're only going to set yourself up for failure. Are, are you willing to lock in a preseason prediction with us here today? You know, I had a high school coach back when I was working in Illinois, um, and I'd ask him about, you know, the upcoming game. You know, what do you think about this? And he said, ask me af after the game. Then you'll know, and <laughs> <that> I'll know. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of the way I feel. You know, ask me after the season, and then we'll both know. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that Nebraska has the potential to, you know, seven and five, eight and four. I have the potential is there. I don't want to say that's what's going to happen. Um, wait till it's over, then I'll know and you'll know. But um, I think the potential is there. But I think you need to win the Northwestern game mindset. There's Mike Babcock. Find him on Twitter at MDBabs. Mike, uh, thanks for your time today. Enjoy the game on Saturday. All right. Thanks, guys. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. For a second, I thought it was Saturday morning, Connor. I was, I was yeah, looking I for, I was happened. like, man, it's game day already? Time flies. <laughs> Maybe I got drugged in here or something, but no, it's, 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 it's a Wednesday. It's not a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio's. Connor Clark and I take you through. Schmitty is on his way to Dublin, and uh, we wish him safe travels and 
Mini a Guinness on the way out there as well as uh, Schmitty. Enjoy the trip. Enjoy the weather out there. We're stuck back here in Lincoln. Not the worst place to be, though, as uh, we are only three days away from game day. And we're excited to welcome in from the golf course, Wilderness Ridge, Mike Schuhart joining us here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Mike, it's good to talk to you. And I was trying to get Connor's take on this as well. That, that week before the first game, is it moving slow for you? Is it moving fast for you? Uh, it's moving actually fast. So that's a good thing. Can't it, it, wait for get here and see what we got. That, that, that was my next question. Is is are, are you on the excited side of things or are you on the nervous side of things? I'm on the excited side of things. I think we're going to be pretty good. I do. Which is not like me. Usually I'm very <laughs> pessimistic. But I'm a little more optimistic this time. Well, Mike, before we uh, we lock in your season prediction, that is coming. So uh, you, you have a record prediction ready for us here in a couple of minutes. I want to talk the news of the day from golf, and that's that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are set to launch, whatever this means, a technology-based golf league in 2024 to complement the PGA Tour schedule. It's supposed to, to take a little bit of that power away from the Live Golf Tournament uh, it is set up by TMRW Sports, which I believe I, I'm going to shorten down to Tomorrow Sports. Uh, it's going to f- fuse advanced tech and live action from a custom-built venue on primetime on Monday nights, and uh, it's going to feature 18 whole events played on a virtual course across a two-hour window. So not 100% sure what that means. If you know what that means, feel free to, to fill me in a little bit. Uh, but if not, just your reaction to this and what Tiger and Rory are trying to do here to, to, to give the PGA a little more footing against the Live Golf Tour. I'm clueless on what that is. Sounds kind of exciting. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what that means. But obviously they are, you know, the live tour has kind of pushed the envelope a little bit on, and forced their hand to have to do something, you know, to, to keep up with what it is they're doing. You know, it's just golf has changed. You know, golf is still golf, but it's changed. You have a different player playing, and live has created some excitement in how they do things, how they format things which is obviously a little more appealing to your new generation player. You know, so I think the tour looked at that and said, you know what, we have to kind of um, step up, you know, and can't just stay status quo like it has been for ever. And it looks like they are trying to come up with some things to, to meet that need that obviously is out there. Yeah, and Mike, as I'm looking through what they have planned here, it kind of sounds like uh, a golf simulator type setup where they're going to have a different 18-hole course every single day, but then it's also going to be meshed with like live greens at this little uh, indoor venue. So you're going to hit your drives and your approach shots from a golf simulator, and then based on those, they're going to go place the ball on an actual green, it sounds like, and that's where the fans are going to be involved in an arena-style indoor facility that features actual greens, but all the driving is done virtually via a golf simulator. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, because if you look at uh, the simulator aspect of golf, I mean, that, that's a huge component now. I mean, it's like everybody has a simulator in the house, seems like. You know, so that's becoming something that is very commonplace. So they're, they're integrating the two together. 
You know, anytime you have Tiger Woods' name behind it, you're probably in pretty good shape too. Yeah, and I was seeing that with uh, Tiger Woods, the new face of PGA Tour 2K23. I'm not sure if you're a big uh, video game guy, Mike, but I play that game a lot with my roommates, and I'm looking forward to the new game. And obviously, with P- oh, with Tiger Woods on the cover, I mean, it, it's going to do numbers. Yeah, always. I mean, Tiger Woods just pushes the needle, man. He's If you can get that guy in your corner, he just makes things happen, you know. He brings the, uh, the notoriety to it. People want to see Tiger Woods in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what the game of golf will look like post-Tiger Woods because, I mean, Tiger's almost bigger than the game of golf as a whole. So that's going to be interesting. But, Mike, instead of diving into a, a topic I'm sure we could hit on for half an hour, if not an hour, let's talk Husker football, a topic that we can hit for two hours every single day. Um, and, and this season, the intrigue surrounding it, the, the intrigue surrounding a, a trip to Ireland to play Northwestern, it's off the charts right now. And, and you've already told us that you're excited for this game on Saturday. Uh, so first, before we dive into a season prediction, do you have plans uh, for your first Husker football Saturday of the season? You're going to be grilling out. You're going to be out at the wilderness pool. What do you got in mind for your Saturday? I'll be in the pro shop watching TV and screaming and yelling at <laughs> all my employees. <laughs> Won't we all? <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. Mike, uh, in terms of, of question marks heading into the season, there's a lot of them. So, so what are you looking forward to seeing from this Husker team on Saturday? Or, or conversely, uh, what are you nervous about from this Husker team on Saturday? I'm looking forward to the new, a lot of the new players, you know, mm-hmm. at quarterback especially. What do you have with that? Um, some of the wide receiver skill positions, you know, that's what excites me. I think you have a, a new quarterback, new excitement there. You've got skill players, how they're going to get the ball to them, how they're going to utilize them. So uh, I just, I think you have a more consistent player in that position and more weapons around him to utilize a lot more offensive line. That's going to always be uh, the question mark That'll be the thing to see. How well do they do? You know, because all those players that you have around you, if you don't have time to do anything, then they're, it's not really worth anything. But, you know, I just think you you have some depth there. You have some, some a little of experience there. They played. Most of those guys have played at least some. So, And all the skilled people around it. So that's what excites me about it. Mike Schuhart's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Joining us from Wilderness Ridge. If you need some lessons, go out and talk to Mike. He is your man here in the capital city. And Mike, I hope I've given you sufficient time to think on a season prediction. The other day, Schmitty, uh, he predicted 8-4. and four. I went for 7-5. and five. We're going to get Connor Clark's take here in about an hour. But where are you going with this season? A record prediction, uh, if you don't mind giving us it. I'm right there at that 7-8 win. Seven or eight? You, know, you, you gonna pick one? Yeah, right there. I'm right there <laughs> at that seven. I'm thinking more like seven wins, seven and five. I think they can maybe get to eight, but who knows? They might go undefeated. And as a quick follow-up, can Nebraska get to seven and five even if they lose this Saturday? No, no. This is probably the biggest game I think Nebraska football has ever played. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. This is a game they have to go out. They have to win, first of all. But I think they have to win convincingly, just for their own psyche, where it's going to go and what it can do for the rest of the season. If they lose this game, no. They they won't win six games. Well, I think uh, that's one thing we can't agree on, Mike, is 
This, uh, this first game is huge. Mike Schuhart joining us here from Wilderness Ridge Golf. Go visit him, improve your golf game, and check it out. Uh, Wilderness Ridge has undergone some serious renovations here over the summer and uh, uh, gone private now, and uh, it's a golf course you need to check out. Mike, appreciate your time today. We'll get caught up with you next Wednesday. All right, bud? You got it. Thanks for having me on. Go Big Red. We'll uh, wrap up Hour 1 after the break. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Wednesday game week edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Connor Clark filling in for Chris Schmidt today who is on his way to Dublin, Ireland. Should be landing at some point tomorrow-ish. Uh, he, he didn't send me the itinerary. I just told him to text me whenever he lands in Dublin, make sure he gets there safe. It's so, a long trip. Let's just say that. Uh, enough time for at least, I'd say, I mean, Guinness an hour pace on the international flight would be impressive, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and we're talking like Wade Boggs performance levels here. You, you'd have a baker's dozen on your hand right there. It, that was. Uh, I'm thinking of the right guy here, right? Wade, the Wade Boggs. I couldn't tell you. The, the, the beer story? You never heard this one? No. All right. Well, let's um, make, sure, make sure I get my facts right here. Uh, the rumors are that Wade Boggs drank 107 beers on a cross-country flight. Uh, I believe it was with the Red Sox at, at the time. Uh, let's see. That's like six hours. Not even. Like coast to coast? Coast to coast. Um, and the 107 number comes from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's the number he put out there. Okay. But before that... It was somewhere in that sixty to seventy range. Still, what was the number that they had? Uh, and on a cross-country flight, uh, the urban legend says somewhere between sixty and seventy. That I think the number out there is sixty-four beers on a cross-country flight. So if Schmidt can get to eight on an international flight, he still trails far behind Wade Boggs. But I've always loved that story just because of how absurd and like no chance in hell that actually happened. Yeah, uh, way it goes. But like with the the sports legends, here you go. Well, you know what, like. Maybe I couldn't take down 64 on a... I mean, cross-country flight's probably six, six and a half hours. It's probably like six, I would imagine. I All I know is uh, flight from Chicago to the West Coast is four. So I'll I'll do the math. Six, yeah, that would be uh, 10 beers an hour pace. Yeah, about. A beer every six minutes. You'd have to be trying. That, that, that's <laughs> not just like a casual drinking on a cross-country flight. That's like I'm going and trying to set a Guinness World I Record. You'd have to be trying to, I think, is an understatement. Yes, yeah, so I don't think Schmidt's going to be trying to set any Guinness World Record. It's funny, uh, it's a it. Guinness World Record. How about that? <laughs> Just tie that together. Unintentional. Unintentional. But anyway, uh, Schmitty on his way to Ireland, but he did leave us a uh, little gift before he left. That's uh, He sat down with uh, legendary Husker football coach George Darlington, uh, coached the defensive backs for years, as George is going to check in and talk about his new uh, football facts classes. are coming Tuesday evenings to Omaha this football season up at the Faithful Shepherd Presbyterian Church. Uh, in those little sessions, they're going to go over uh, video clips from Nebraska's previous games and kind of let you know from a football sense what's happening beyond just what you're seeing on the field. Uh, they're going to do a little preview every single week of Nebraska's next opponent, a little film study, if you will. Uh, learn about how the rules of football are changing. I think of targeting as a big one and uh, how football may look a lot different from even whenever he was a coach in the 90s. Uh, and then... For people who are confused about NIL, transfer, and all that, they're going to go through all that as well. So uh, that's an awesome, awesome program put on by George Darlington. He's been doing football camps for years now, and uh, this is a great opportunity for those of you up in the Omaha area. So 
uh, Coach Darlington will be joining us here next hour, leading it off with Chris Schmidt. Don't be confused. Chris Schmidt is in the air somewhere near Atlanta if he hasn't landed already. Uh, but Chris Schmidt left this behind for us this morning. We're going to hear that to lead off hour two. Coming up a little bit later in hour two, we're also going to hear uh, from Nebraska offensive coordinator Mark Whipple as uh, Mark Whipple met with the media in post-practice availability earlier today in Ireland. So we're going to get his takes and then uh, we're going to get Connor's record prediction for the 2022 season uh, coming up around 540. So all that is coming your way next hour. Stick around through the break. We'll have Sports Center coming your way in about 90 seconds. Uh, stick with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, uh, somewhere over the Atlantic, but uh, a chance to spend time with a Nebraska Hall of Famer, a great coach. George Darlington back with us to talk some football facts and preview the season. Coach, it's awesome to see you. Thanks for coming in studio with us. Well, it's great to be here. They've moved you a different different uh, studio here you've been moving up uh, well, uh, right it's closer to the front door though you gotta be <laughs> yeah. careful about yeah. that front or back door yeah right? they might be moving you out <laughs> yeah I, I don't want to come back from Ireland and there's a box <laughs> on, right. my, on my desk well hey it, it's an exciting time of year coach Darlington and before we get into to Nebraska Northwestern and this trip to Ireland. Let's talk football facts, Coach, because you've been doing this for quite uh, quite a long time, and you have seven weekly Tuesday classes, not only in Omaha, for our friends up at uh, ESPN Omaha, but also here in Lincoln uh, on Thursdays. On Thursday. yeah. So you are busy, busy Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tell folks a little bit more, if you can, about football facts, if they're hearing about it for the first time. Well, football facts is a seven-week course, uh, whether you're, you're uh, going to go in Omaha or in Lincoln. And we ended up with a banquet on November 3rd. We have uh, guest players come in. That's always a highlight. Plus, we tour the football facilities uh, 
at Nebraska on a Thursday night. And, of course, with all the building and all the changes, it's going to be exciting for all of us to have a chance to see. But we uh, teach everything that's possible in seven weeks so that a student learns a tremendous amount about football. It used to be strictly for women. We were averaging four divorces a year because the wives would <laughs> know things their husbands wouldn't, and they were not very kind in explaining dumbbell. <laughs> this is why they did what they did. This is why you bring pressure on second down instead of third down or yes. first down, right? It's Football Facts with Hall of Fame Nebraska Assistant George Darlington. And a seven-week Tuesday class, if you're in Omaha, begins September 20th. That lasts through November 1st of 2022. Classes are going to be held at uh, 2530 uh, 165th Avenue. That's uh, in Omaha at the Faithful Shepherd Presbyterian Church. Coach, where's the the action in Lincoln for Thursday night? So folks want to sign up in Lincoln, how do they get a hold of you to do that? And where's the location at in Lincoln? Well, that's on 66 or 68th uh, Tuck Building. Okay. Southeast Community. And it's going to be not our 40th year in Lincoln, but uh, pretty close. Close to it. 39 years Mm -hmm. I've had the chance to uh, be a part of it. George Darlington with his football facts. Get signed up today. If you have any questions or want to uh, get signed up, you can uh, make this phone call for football facts with George Darlington at 402-617-9666 or 402-359-2248. One more phone number if uh, you want. It's 402 210 58 for your football facts and almost 40 years uh you have seven weekly tuesday classes again in omaha starting september 20th and you have uh just it's not only a tour memorial stadium but it's a banquet in lincoln thursday november 3rd that has a few players uh, as well so uh the uh course is great you've had husbands wives and uh, and fiancés and, and boyfriends, girlfriends. You've had so many folks take this together, and it's been very enriching. Uh, I, as a media guy, I've been told by our old buddy, Coach Kaczynski, uh, I, need to, I need to do a little bit more tutoring, so I might even be bothering you on Thursdays. Well, you're welcome. Coach, it is football season. I'm uh, headed to Ireland uh, shortly as, as we wrap this interview, but... Man, what do you think of the, the team? What do you think of the season, the stakes, the new faces? I mean, there's so many different storylines. And, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a season to go play. Well, there's no question. It's a crucial year for Scott and the staff. Uh, you don't have to be real knowledgeable to know if they don't do well. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of real estate available in Lincoln. And uh, first games are always a question because uh, – you really don't know what changes another team might have accomplished during the offseason. Um, you're not really completely sure how well your people are going to play. Sometimes you expect a, a player to do very well, and he doesn't play very well, and vice versa. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, 
we lost a first game to Washington State here with uh, against uh, throwing Samoan. We outgained them two to one, but we also out turned uh, turned the ball over, and we lost to a team that realistically we would have beaten nine out of ten times. Mm-hmm. So it's always a concern, especially uh, flying clear across uh, the Atlantic. Uh, we had the pleasure of playing Kansas State and Tokyo um, in the early 90s. And that was interesting. I walked the streets at 2 in the morning because I never got my body adjusted <laughs> to the time change. We'd practice in the morning and have meetings, and then I'd go to bed in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it'll be quite an experience. I'm anxious for it. We are going to be doing uh, shows Friday morning and Friday evening uh, over there in Ireland. Saturday at the Mary Cobbler, not far from Aviva Stadium. We'll have a pre and a post game, and then we fly back Tuesday. So I have a Monday show over in Ireland at it Uncle Ted's as well. That's who we're staying with. It's Ted. Okay. Uh, bless his heart for putting us up. He's got a full whiskey cabinet. We'll see if that uh, remains to be the, the case when we leave. But all joking aside, you know, this is fun. I, I really like uh, the, the the coaches Scott has brought in. I think Applewhite is, is big time. Uh, I really like, of course, your guy, Billy Bush. Coach Bush is tremendous. You just not only hear it from him, but I think the attention to detail has been felt by the team to be better in special teams. And, of course, you know Mickey as well as as the wide receivers coach. And then there's Whipple. You know, you've got an early part of this game where Northwestern will have some perceived uncertainty with what Nebraska is and wants to do. Uh, with their new quarterback in offense. What do you think, Coach Darlington, Nebraska may do or may lean on here to get this game going, to get off on the right foot? Well, hopefully they'll be able to run the ball better than they have the last couple of years. I expect the kicking game to be a lot better. Um, we can argue how many games in the last four years were lost because of poor kicking. And... Uh, I think Scott's record would be considerably better. Um, but, uh, yeah, there'll be some wrinkles. Same way with Northwestern. They'll have some things uh, ready that they haven't shown last year. But you have to adjust during the game. And, and uh, you know, we in the going by what's in the paper, we have improved the quality of our team with some additions of players to go with what we already had coming back. And uh, that's uh, uh, worthwhile. Uh, Obviously a new quarterback, but uh, we had a very good quarterback last three years or four years, but he got beaten up so much he had to run the ball and we didn't have much of a running game and and he was uh, played hurt a lot, put it that way. So it should be exciting. George Darlington with his football facts. Your chance to get signed up and uh, be a part of uh, just an incredible course and class. Tuesdays in Omaha and Thursdays in Lincoln. Almost 40 years of Coach Darlington teaching football. And uh, it is uh, a lot of fun. Entertaining, insightful, and great leadership. Any questions, want to get signed up or know someone who does, 
you can for sure make a phone call at 402-617-9666. Coach, you, you mentioned the kicking game. I'm sure you've touched base with Coach Bush a little bit. How's he feeling? Is he pretty excited? He's always excited, but does he feel pretty good about this trip? I think uh, the um, I think the confidence is there with with some of the new coaches, and I think you may have more of a confident team this year. Well, the kicking game will be better simply because uh, they've gone out and got some excellent kickers, mm-hmm. plus Bill's leadership and the demands he makes and the uh, on the teams that are, the players that are involved plus thing that I'm encouraged about they have a lot of starters as I understand on in the kicking game on the kicking teams mm-hmm. because some teams if you're second or third team you run down under kicks and uh, it isn't looked on as the same way that uh, offense and defense is but uh, they have uh, starters on the kicking game, kicking teams. They went out and got some excellent kickers. Hopefully uh, an excellent kicker won't get hurt like happened last year when we had an excellent punter and he was a field goal kicker mm-hmm. and he got hurt in the summer and couldn't perform up to the level of the year before. Kicking is very important. There are three phases of football that I know you understand. Mm-hmm. Most people forget there are three. They think offense and defense. But kicking is equally important, if, if not more so. Uh, we use a saying in our classes, every close game is won or lost in the kicking game. Sure. Don't disagree. What do you think of Casey Thompson? What do you think of Frost and Whipple together with his offense? Are you worried or do you think it can work out? Well, I think by this time they've had things worked out as to who is going to be uh, do what concerning calls. But, uh, you know, we have a quarterback that's played. Mm-hmm. And uh, if uh, Martinez was still here, we would be in the same situation of having an experienced quarterback. I think we've surrounded uh, uh, him with uh, some better players at running back. Uh, Here we had a great wide receiver who's playing for the Giants, I think, now Mm -hmm. and getting all kind of rave reviews. Well, we had to move him to uh, running back, and he got beat up and transferred home back to Kentucky. Well, he was an excellent player, but he wasn't a running back. And uh, so I think they have better depth there, and that'll be important to balance it out. I was thinking about Turner Gill, who was a wonderful player for us. He never had to carry the ball anywhere near that, like Martinez did. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of dudes, uh, Lawrence Phillips and Amon Green and and uh, Jay Sims and Damon Childs and Damon, yeah. And we had five running backs who would start at Nebraska right now without uh, any problem. We had great running backs, so yes, Turner ran the ball some, but nothing like we've had to do the last couple of years. Last thought here, Coach Darlington with his football facts, Hale Varsity Radio, getting ready for Nebraska-Ireland. Coach, do you like uh, the defense, what's their leadership-wise and what they've brought in from a transfer portal standpoint? Well, I think they've upgraded the defense, but uh, they have some uh, returning players who have obviously more experience. Uh, 
Uh, they have a real good attitude about things. As always, you lose a few good players through graduation, but uh, they expect to be good on defense, and uh, and that'll be really important. And then if the offense uh, is able to run the ball and balance things out, uh, that will be exciting. Coach, you feel good? Do you think Nebraska can get off to a one of those starting conference play? Well, you can, but first games are always a problem. I mentioned to you off the air the Washington State game. We yep. outgained them two to one and lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, we turned it over and uh, lost the game. Uh, we were a superior team to Washington State. But uh, on that given day, we weren't. Got to take care of the ball and make sure you do the little things. Hall of Fame coach George Darlington with us. Football facts get signed up today in Omaha on Tuesday nights at the uh, Good Shepherd, make that Faithful Shepherd Presbyterian Church, and at SEC in Lincoln on Thursday nights. The course, seven weeks. And that'll go from September 20th through November 1st. Coach, I'm so happy to see you. Good seeing you. Appreciate you coming by. uh, Contact me at my address, too, if the Omaha people, 3832 Firethorn Court, 68520. All right, Coach. You take care. It's your heart. Well, you behave yourself. (laughs) I'm going to come over here on Wednesday and see it make you walk a straight line. Give me a breathalyzer. And, yeah. <laughs> well, that might, uh, the door might be unlocked because of that. Uh-huh. I get you. Behave yourself now. They, I will. They can arrest you in Ireland just uh-huh. like in Lincoln. <laughs> they got locked up abroad. Coach, you take care. So George Darlington joining us on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. It was a, a fun conversation with the coach as uh, Schmitty recorded that for us a little bit earlier today. And as you heard to lead off the interview, Schmitty, somewhere in an airport, somewhere over the Atlantic, so maybe somewhere flying over Atlanta, unsure where Schmitty's at at the moment. Where in the world is Chris Schmidt is a great question. All I know is he is not in an Irish jail cell just yet. Uh, we'll get some thoughts from Mark Whipple as he met with the media earlier today. That's coming up after the break right here on Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, we are presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark filling in for Chris Schmidt today. As uh, we are getting you all geared up for Nebraska Northwestern on Saturday, we heard from defensive coordinator Eric Chenander back in hour one as the Huskers awarded their black shirts today. That is obviously the big story of the day. We'll get to thoughts from Mark Whipple here in just a second. But first, a quick reminder 
And that is that uh, nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury in an accident by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckle up. It's a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Also, another quick reminder, if you want to chime in on the show today, there are a couple ways you can do that first. Uh, if you're a, a podcast listener, leave us a review. We uh, try to get to all the reviews that we can, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, leave us a review, and uh, we'd love to get your insight. Also, you can leave us a comment on the Hail Varsity YouTube page. That is where you check out the video where it's being posted every single day. As Connor Clark and I, it's not being live-streamed on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter or Facebook page, uh, but it is being recorded. As uh, so You can check out the video feed of this show on Hale Varsity's YouTube page posted up every single night somewhere in that 8.30 p.m. range. And uh, we do check out the comments on the Hale Varsity YouTube page. So if you want to leave us a thought there, that's another great way to do it. You can tweet at us for thoughts during the show at Herbal Essences for me at C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor at Schmidt Radio for Chris Schmidt, and then uh, you can also tweet at the show at HVarsity Radio, or if you want to go on the air with us, give us a call 402-466-3776. It's 402-466-ESPN, or for our listeners listening across the state, 800-825-5865. We love to hear from you. Have uh, You want to give us your record prediction for the season. You haven't gotten a chance to get that in so far this week. Give us a call. We'd love to hear your record prediction. Uh, you give us a reaction to the black shirts. Really, whatever you want to talk about, give us a call, and uh, we'll get you on the line here with Connor. Connor and myself. Connor, let's dive right into the offensive side of the ball as Mark Whipple met with the media this morning as I was pretty interesting scene down on the field uh, at Aviva Stadium. And that field turf has actually been replaced. So let's quickly go back to Eric Chenander. Uh, his final thought this afternoon was about that playing surface as a new turf has been laid down. We'll get into the, the type of turf that that was uh, on uh, a little bit later here, uh, the, the, uh, I have it written down somewhere. Let me find it. While Eric Schneider talks about the playing surface, I will find that for you, and we'll get into that. But here's Eric Schneider talking about what he sees in the playing surface on Saturday. Uh, I mean, it, we practice a lot on grass, and this grass looks unbelievable, so I'm not, I wouldn't be worried about the playing conditions at all. It looks like a f- fabulous grass. Fabulous grass. That's uh, not the case with my lawn at home, but it is the case over in grass. Dublin. Uh, let's quickly tell you about that playing surface uh it is going to be oh i swear i had it here it's some green grass if you wanted to make it ireland related so we were talking a couple weeks ago with brandon about uh, what this playing surface is and they're going state-of-the-art with a 95 percent natural grass with five percent artificial turf in as well i believe that's the case for this game as well that's the standard among uh, uefa which is the uh, governing body for European football, soccer, as it's known here in America, as well as FIFA, uh, who governs world football. That's the standard playing surface that they use. So this is not like uh, the people in Ireland just picked some random grass surface to use. This is world-class type of grass. And the the type of grass that they are using is perennial ryegrass. And we talked about the hybrid factor, but I personally know nothing about perennial ryegrass, but uh, this doesn't seem like something that the coaches are going to be worried about. It seems to be similar to your tall fescue, which is uh, a lot of what the uh, the grasses here in Nebraska are, that fescue or that Kentucky bluegrass. It's similar, uh, but it's native to Europe as well as northern Africa. 
and uh, also known as English ryegrass. That's what they're going to be using uh, in the field on Saturday. What does that mean? I don't know. Talk to your local arborist, your local front lawn people. I don't know. I don't know, man. I can tell you what it means. (laughs) It means that the Nebraska coaching staff, and it really pains me to say this as somebody who watched Northwestern growing up, is that they're glad that they don't have to play on Ryan Field's grass. Oh, yes. That's what they're glad about because that grass is just not good. Do you think that's over overplayed, the, the narrative that Northwestern like lets their grass grow long and it just plays a nasty playing surface? Do you think that's overplayed? Do you think there's I don't something think they've let it happen. It just does because it, I feel like it fits the narrative of Ryan Field altogether. It's not a great stadium. It needs to go. It, everybody says that around the Big Ten. It's not, like, it's not a secret being kept with the Northwestern. So I... Maybe it gives them a slight advantage because they're used to it all the time, but at the same time, they have this state-of-the-art practice facility on the lake, which, oh, by the way, has turf fields. So I don't think they let it grow long on purpose, but that's just me. Uh, Brennan chimes in, uh, texts me that uh, my grass at home is not up to the standards of Dublin because your grass at home is probably a cool season grass, probably Kentucky bluegrass, and we're in the warm growing season period where a fescue or a ryegrass would work better. There you go. I know what most of those words mean. Thank you, Brennan, for chiming in and uh, and letting me know about the all the types of grass. But long story short, the coaching staff isn't worried about the playing service. I'm not. It sounds like they got this field down uh, last week, and they're letting it uh, uh, really take to this uh, this stadium and hopefully not going to have any issues like we had in Super Bowl 50, if you remember, where the grass was like sliding from underneath oh, the players' right. uh, feet. So hopefully that's not going to be an issue. We will see. Time will tell on Saturday. But let's get to Mark Whipple's thoughts as Mark Whipple met with the media today. And let's start it up uh, with his demeanor through this trip. He says it's important uh, for the coaching staff as a whole to be calm, not only through the ups and downs of, of a game, but through the ups and downs of this trip. There's weird things that these guys have to deal with, like jet lag that they'd never have to experience uh, in any other game, bowl game or conference game, regular season game. doesn't matter. You don't have to deal with jet lag. That's something they're going to have to deal with. And Mark Whipple said it's important to be calm through the ups and downs of this trip as a whole. Well, I, I think, uh, as I talked earlier to the coach, our offensive staff, just be positive. I mean, the young kids, that they, you know, we travel a lot more than they have, and I've taken a bunch of teams different ways. But I think, uh, you know, and I asked the quarterbacks today, I said, how did you guys feel like yesterday? They go, oh, man, we've never been so tired. And we just got a, a little bit of a sweat. And today started a little slow, then we had a really good practice. So that's just part of it, you know. It's the same thing. I've been in the NFL. Some people, when you travel east to west and you go on six different hours. But we, we're staying in a, a, a nice hotel, really good, nice hotel. And, you know, they've been good, so we had a good practice today. More from Mark Whipple on uh, that, that calm factor, that positive factor, and saying not only is that a, a part of the trip where it's important, but it's also going to be important once the game finally rolls around on Saturday. I try to do that as a coach. You know, it's like at this point, I'm like, you know, it's like that didn't help anybody, you know. My wife will tell you. She's glad I'm here, right, in the first game. But uh, it's, you've got to carry yourself with confidence to give confidence. So I've got to give those guys confidence, you know. Hey, there's, gonna, there's different calls. I'm going to screw one up. There's a lot of new verbiage on that I have to get used to. The quarterback, he's done a good job. He not only has to learn offense, both both sides, the run game and, and uh, the pass game, so does Chubba. So there's some things there that uh, – but he's done a really good job. So it's uh, – um, he knows me well enough that, I, you know, that uh, we have a really good relationship and spend a lot of time alone, which I have with all the quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, it's his time to, to go out and prove uh, why, why, he came, why he came here to Nebraska. And that calm factor is huge because 
looking back as recently as last season, do you think that Husker offense looks calm in the big moments of games? They look calm and confident. I mean, with Adrian Martinez's performance at the end of games, and Adrian's been a bit of a scapegoat because I think the entire offense struggled in, the, in those close games uh, where you could see them feeling the pressure and maybe just a change from your offensive coordinator being a guy who can be that voice of reason, that calm presence on the sideline can can change Nebraska's fortunes. And uh, one of the important things that Whipple got into just there was this is still a learning experience for him where he's learning uh, about the offense, what's going to work, and they don't know everything that they need to know about this offense right now, and they're not going to know at the end of Saturday either. But he's using it as a learning experience not only with his own offense, but it's also a learning experience playing a team that he's never played before in Northwestern and learning how their coaching staff likes to attack things and how they're going to respond whenever uh, he makes a a move in the game. What is that chess match going to look like from Northwestern? And Mark Whipple got into that as well. I've never played against Northwestern, so... You know, I haven't played in the called plays in the Big Ten, so it's kind of like when I went to the ACC was the same thing. Certain personalities on that part, you know. I think after you play some teams a little bit, you get a feel for certain people that are calling it. And uh, so it's it's more worried about what, what we do is how we're talking about is that it's not about them, it's about us, as we said since the day I got here. You know, we control what we can control, and that's all you can worry about. So again, Mark Whipple meeting with the media uh, this morning, Wednesday. It would have been, let's see, Wednesday morning. He definitely here locally. I'm trying to think. Was it early afternoon in Ireland? I, th- I think they said it was a little after like 4 p.m. Okay, there. so well into the afternoon in Ireland. As mm-hmm. right now, I look up and do some quick math. It is around 11:36 p.m. in Dublin. Saw some uh, videos from the team. Uh, they were at an Irish Plowboys restaurant and they uh, they got to experience some Irish culture, music, Irish dancing while they uh, enjoyed their dinner. So obviously a cool experience for the Huskers and uh, it's all about focusing in on that game. And as we just heard Mark Whipple say, uh, you got to remain calm through all these distractions, whether it be uh, the the trip as a whole, the fact that this is a new offense and it's your first time playing in a game together. And for Whipple himself, uh, there's going to be a lot that's going to be learned from his point of view during this game going up against a team like Northwestern. But he got into why he is still confident about this this team on Saturday and what this offense can produce once 1130 finally rolls around and it's time to take the field against Northwestern. Just the way the kids have bought in to, to uh, the, the maybe the, the changes and a lot of it's the same, a lot of it's different. Um, how hard they've worked, how they come closer as a team, as an offense. Um, I think they really care for one another. They're fun to be around. Um, as I said, in old time, we've really only had we had one bad practice in spring out of 15, and then we had one bad one this 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 fall, which is probably I don't know 24, whatever day we were on. But they're attentive, the, the way they walk through, the way they do things. The younger guys are getting helped by the older guys, which makes me feel like they know something. And uh, I think we've got a really good c- group of coaches and really a bunch of really good kids. And uh, excited to see them perform on Saturday. So that's Mark Whipple. Uh, Nebraska offensive coordinator meeting with the media. We'll have uh, another thought or two from Mark Whipple coming after the break, but that confidence factor, Mark Whipple, I don't think he's going to get up in front of the media and say, man, this team this year, I have no confidence what they're going to go on the field on Saturday. Like, you're just as nervous as I am. He's not going to say that, but uh, he did give some some measured reasons for his confidence. But to me, it's still going to come down to what type of performance that offensive line can put in on Saturday. Um, if they have some issues picking up some blitzes from Northwestern, if they have some issues giving Casey the time he needs, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world as long as you can get that running game going. Because 
If you can get the run game going, then you can get into play action. It makes it easier to protect your quarterback. So it really comes down to, to one of the two. And it doesn't sound like the bigger issue has been the run game this fall. It sounds like the bigger issue has been pass protection. So uh, that's what I'm going to be looking for on Saturday. Confidence is great with the offense. These guys caring for each other. That's all awesome. But uh, I don't think it matters unless you can really establish a, a good running game on Saturday. More thoughts with Mark Whipple coming your way after the break. Hey, Storm Chasers fans. Your favorite baseball team is back at home August 23rd through the 28th when they take on the Rail Riders. It's a jam-packed series that includes a dollar beer night, Friday fireworks, a fun-filled Saturday with music by Lucas Minor and craft specials on Nebraska Brewing Company. And how about Imaginary Friend Day on Sunday? Stevie, you hear that? No. Stevie, stop. This is my mic. Sorry, folks. Stevie gets excited sometimes. Hey, hold on to that excitement and channel it on August 28th at 2.05. Sound good? All right. Fans, get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Getting close to closing time here on a Wednesday. We've got about 20 minutes left of Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark today filling in for Chris Schmidt on his way to Dublin. As soon as I hear that Schmidt has landed in Dublin, I will pass that information on to you. We wish him safe travels. We wish that he stays out of any Irish or airport prisons. That's all a, a, a big thing, but he's got Mark Cranach with him to, to keep him in line. So uh, happy for those two. They're uh, going to be enjoying their trip to Dublin, and we will hear from them a little bit later in the week. Uh, for now, it is Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through this Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, we uh, welcome in our listeners from Omaha, Kearney, Hastings, Grand Island, Columbus, and locally here in Lincoln. We're all glad you're with us here today and uh, getting amped up for this season. Before we get out of here this show, let's get two more thoughts from Mark Whipple and then uh, get to a comment that we saw on the Hale Varsity YouTube page from a little bit earlier today. Let's start it off, though, uh, with Casey Thompson, Mark Whipple's thoughts on him. I, I finished last segment by getting into the offensive line. I still think... They're the most important factor in the success of this offense in 2022. But Casey Thompson being the quarterback has got to be a close number two in terms of uh, how well this offense is going to function in 2022. If, if Casey performs well, which I think uh, he needs to be helped by his offensive line if he's going to perform well. But if he performs well, I do believe this offense as a whole performs well. And uh, Mark Whipple got into what he wants from Casey Thompson, not only in the game on Saturday, that, that's the primary focus, but what he wants uh, from Casey Thompson as the season progresses. You know, as I've said enough times, that taking care of the football and being a leader, but the leadership comes from your play and not from your mouth. So it's more like, hey, there's going to be a bump in the road. There's going to be something happens. It always does in the first game. You know, you know, it's we as coaches, you like to have everything in plan and in play, but very rarely does it happen in the first game. So I've been on both ends of it. So. Um, you know, get out of the first quarter without giving the game away, really, and then then settle in. And it's kind of the way we've been in our scrimmages throughout the spring and, and fall. So I certainly would like to change it. We'd like to start with a touchdown on the first drive, but so we'll see how that how that plays out. So um, you know, and I, I went over some of the third down stuff today and a little bit of red zone with them, and I'll I'll be have more of that with them Thursday and Friday on exactly what we're going to do in those situations. So my takeaway there is Mark Whipple's essentially saying, hey, Casey, you don't have to be Joe Burrow this season. You have to put us in a place where we can win games, and that means uh, keeping us around in, in games where we go down early. 
Uh, let's not lose the game in the first quarter. Keep us within striking distance. And uh, as the game progresses, protect the ball. Don't give the other team any short fields. Don't gift them any points. If you can do those things, uh, we're going to be in a fine position to win a lot of football games this season. So that's what he's asking of Casey. The follow-up question to that was, has Casey Thompson commanded respect from his teammates uh, as a whole, but specifically within that offense? Do those guys respect the, the leadership that Casey brings and do they respect what he brings to the field on a Saturday? It's not politics, so Saturday will find out, right? You know, he's won me over, he's won coach over, and the other guys have really been pushing. And we got to have, as I said before, it's a really good room. Because I can be tough at times on a guy uh, that's the head guy, the, the, the quarterback, and that's why he needs support. And, you, you know, as I said, and I think he's going perfect. And But I, I think we have a really good room. We do. we got good kids that, that care, that, that work hard, that really help one another on some of the things that way. And uh, so they've been fun to be around. And, you know, it's obviously a lot more fun when you win. So I think the takeaway from that comment is I think Casey's done enough. We're going to find out on Saturday, and if we find out that he can't lead this offense and uh, he's not the guy that we brought in to lead this offense and be the, the leader and quarterback that we need, I'm confident in my other options. That's what I take away from there, but he's saying we'll find out on Saturday, but from everything we've seen, uh, I do believe that he has commanded respect from the rest of the offense. That, that's my takeaway from that comment there, and it takes me into some some fun props here, Connor. Before we get to your season prediction, let's get a couple predictions, not only for the Nebraska-Northwestern game, but as the season as a whole. And the first one I'm going to start off with comes out of that, and it was one of the buy or sell topics that uh, Austin and Nick hit on uh, the, their show leading up into us for our listeners up in Omaha. And that was, do you buy or sell that three quarterbacks will see the field on Saturday. And I'm going to amend the question here because I think three is a high number. I'm going to sell that completely if the number is three. But let's take it from a Vegas perspective. Over or under one and a half quarterbacks seeing the field for Nebraska on Saturday. And I don't mean you had a guy coming in and holding an extra point. I mean a quarterback coming in as a quarterback. Do you think there'll be over or under one and a half quarterbacks in the game for Nebraska on Saturday? Do they have to be taking meaningful snaps? Like if it's a blowout and another quarterback comes in, does that count? That does count. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go under. I think we just see one. And I think Casey's the guy that can start for this team. I think he has enough talent to start for this team. We saw that at Texas as well. Um, and I think he will do well under Mark Whipple. At least we all hope he does. And I would be, I would honestly be surprised if Nebraska rolls out two quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised, however, if Northwestern rolls out two quarterbacks, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm going to go under here, and I, I don't think that they're going to want to take Casey out of his rhythm unless he's terrible. Like, say in the first half he's three for 14 passing with three interceptions. Okay, maybe we'll see another quarterback. I don't foresee that. And I also don't see foresee Nebraska being at a point where they're up 28 points with seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. They're, they're going to bring in a backup. And if you're up 21 with three minutes left, I still don't think you bring in a backup. I think you bring in Casey and make sure he has that experience closing down a game. It sounds simple, but taking a knee. Get it, get him let's, a let's, let's make sure our game. starter knows how to do that. Get him that complete yes. game and uh, any unforeseen circumstances, such as Nebraska up 35 you, you, with some time left in the game, you, you, you bring in that other guy. But if, if uh, it's close somewhat, through most of the fourth quarter, and maybe even Nebraska's up by 28 with two minutes left. I still think you bring in Casey to close that game out. So I'm going to go under one and a half. I am with you. Uh, the next question for you, Connor, before we get your season. You know what? Let's push your, your season prediction back to 550. 
Okay. Next segment. Let's push it back. I'll give you another couple minutes to think here. And I just have one more for you on, on this over-under. And uh, I, I like the one I posed to Nick and Austin in our line change segment. Check that out on Facebook and Twitter if you haven't heard it. But I'm going to go a slightly different direction. Does Nebraska get a sack or a personal foul first in the game on Saturday? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go personal foul. And it's not that I don't have confidence in the defense to get a sack. I just think... From what we've seen in the past handful of years, personal fouls are more likely to happen than sacks. So I'm going to go personal foul we see first. And that's almost where I lean with. I think this team's going to be juiced up. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of adrenaline And I think of that defense specifically. They're going to be juiced up. They're going to want to hit the quarterback. Balls out of the hand. You hit him late. You're you're trying to get that sack. Mm -hmm. You're working hard. It's roughing the passer. You didn't mean to. Or or similarly, you got a guy running up the sideline, and he's about to step out. You hit him, you get a late hit out of bounds call. I see, I can see both those things happening, but I'm going to go opposite of you here. I think the sack comes first because I look at that first possession, Nebraska's defense going up against Northwestern's offense. I think the defense is going to be very juiced up. I think they're potential three and out territory first possession, and I'm speaking way ahead here. Let's, let's, hope let's so. get to the game first. But I can see Nebraska get into a third and long situation and with the experience that this defense does have, despite the fact that not all of those guys have experience for Nebraska. A lot of those guys have experience playing high-level college football. I think they're going to have their heads screwed on straight for this game, and I think they get the sack first. But I do think they get a personal foul or two in the game on Saturday. So that's where I'm at. Connor, thoughts? Yeah, I could see that happening. I think your argument that the defense is going to be juiced up goes both ways, and Mm -hmm. I think it goes both ways in a fair capacity. So I could see that happening as well. Uh, We are going to wrap up a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio after the break. We're going to get Connor Clark's season win total prediction. That's coming your way after the break here on Hale Varsity Radio. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. To wrap it up here, it's a Wednesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Only got about four minutes left here before we got to get out for our local listeners here on ESPN Lincoln. Uh, we have Salt Dogs Baseball coming your way in about five minutes. The pregame show is getting underway as the Salt Dogs with a big one against the Kane County Cougars. And I also know uh, that the Omaha Storm Chasers are back up in Omaha as they uh, began a homestand yesterday. So I'm um, going to go completely non-preferential. I just love the game of baseball. I don't have a preference between those two. If you're up in Omaha, go check out the Storm Chasers. If you're in Lincoln, uh, tune in and uh, check out the Salt Dogs. And if you're in Kearney, Hastings, Grand Island, or Columbus, uh, you can find all those on web streams, uh, either uh, ESPNLincoln.com for the Salt Dogs or for the Storm Chasers. Uh, so, Connor, before we get out of here, I know we, we've given you a lot of time to think about it, a season prediction. And if you're listening at home, you haven't gotten a chance to get your season prediction in, you got about three minutes left here. Give us a call, 402-466-3776. Get your prediction in. Locked in, on record, on tape. I promise we won't make fun of you if you're wrong. We'll burn the tapes. <laughs> uh, but, Connor, it's time for you to lock in your season win prediction total. I went 7-5. and five. Schmitty went 8-4. and four. What say Connor Clark? All right. So, for the first eight games, Nebraska goes 7-1, and one, with their only loss being to Purdue. Mm, you have Nebraska beating Oklahoma at home. I do. Okay. 
And Purdue on the road is a tough one, and I think that's the only game they drop in those first eight games. In those last four games, they lose all four, wow. and they finish seven and five. That's what I think. I think that it's just the the group of death, essentially, in that last four games. You have Minnesota, you have Iowa, you have Wisconsin, and you have Michigan on the road for Michigan as well, and on the road for Iowa. So... I think people are discrediting Minnesota a little bit this year. They bring back a lot of experience. I think they could be a dark horse in the West Division. You haven't had great success historically, especially under Frost, against Iowa or Wisconsin or Minnesota, for that matter. And Michigan's going to be a very, very good team in the East Division. And you have to go to the big house. I see 7-5. and five. I think there's a huge buzz around Lincoln after those first eight games with a 7-1 and one start. But unfortunately, I think realism is going to catch back up with the Huskers and they lose the last four but hey you know what if they start seven and one and then they keep proving me wrong uh I will take it so seven well, and five well just the way you laid out that season reminds me so much of the 2016 Nebraska exactly. season Connor mm-hmm. where it's uh you get some warm-up games uh, to get things going and then you get a big win against Oregon at home against a very good Oregon team and I, I mean looking at the 2016 Nebraska team is a Mike Riley team is probably his best team but I don't think they were as good as the the ten and two ten and th- or sorry nine and three would indicate, because you look at the losses. I, I mean, they're to the only good teams that were on the on the schedule aside from Oregon team. and and or yeah they were and, and Oregon came to Lincoln and, and Nebraska had some juice playing in honor of Sam Fultz, um and and they pulled that one out. But then you go and lose in overtime to Wisconsin, you get absolutely slaughtered by Ohio State. All the momentum is gone. You. Squeak out a win against a not great Minnesota team, and then you get curb stomped uh, against Iowa, forty to ten as well. And, and it, momentum is a is a fickle drug. Yes. So very uh, th- much so. I mean, if Nebraska is seven and one as you head into November, th- that momentum could carry them through and, and do better things than expected, or it, it could fall away completely. And I like that. It's Connor Clark's prediction. We'll be back with a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow from four to six. A Huda Media Production.